Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon, along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. The Old Testament lesson for this 12th Sunday after Pentecost comes from the 16th chapter of Judges, verses 15 to 22. Let us listen to God's word. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me three times now and have not told me what makes your strength so great. Finally, after she had nagged him with her words day after day and pestered him, he was tired to death. So he told her his whole secret and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, then my strength would leave me. I would become weak and be like anyone else. When Delilah realized that he had told her his whole secret, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, This time come up, for he has told his whole secret to me. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She let him fall asleep on her lap, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. He began to weaken, and his strength left him. Then she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. When he awoke from his sleep, he thought, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Miss Christine East lived by herself after her sister died. She wasn't in the greatest of health herself, but she was still fiercely independent. She had trouble moving around quickly in her home, and so she had begun to leave her front door unlocked so that friends could come and go whenever they were dropping by. It was a risky thing to do, living as she did in the middle of a large city and yet she was not about to change her ways, even after the intruder. For one day, she was standing in her kitchen when a young man broke in looking for money. Where is it? Where is it? He said. Where's what? You know what? He said, and began rummaging through the drawers. Soon he found some envelopes with small amounts of cash that Miss East had set aside to pay those who were helping her keep her up. 
keep her home up. She started to reach for her phone, and he said to her, if you dial that, I'll hurt you. And so she put it down. It's the kind of moment that would be terrifying for any of us. And yet, in the midst of that time, she stood firm. She said, young man, the people who are getting that money have worked awfully hard for it, but you haven't done anything. Do you think that's right? No answer. Do you go to school? Yes. Where? That's not important. Do you go to church? Yes. What do they teach you at your church, she said. What is your family telling you that you would break into a home of a helpless old woman and do something like this? What are they telling you at your church? He was completely caught off guard. Dropped the money on the floor and left the room. The story of Christine East, a true story, told by her pastors years ago, has always impressed me. I had the glimpse of this 95-pound elderly woman who in many ways was quite, quite frail, who easily could have been harmed by this young man in her home, and yet she stood up to him. And her behavior in that frightening time stands in great contrast to the one who occupies the narrative that we have read about a man named Samson. Samson was known for his great physical strength. Over the past two weeks, we have recalled a moment when he killed a lion with his bare hands and another time when he was wrapped up securely in ropes but broke free of them. And yet by the end of the scene before us, he has lost all his strength and he has been taken captive. The events which preceded it involved his latest love interest, a young woman named Delilah, a local girl, who was approached by the lords of the Philistines with an offer. They would give her 1,100 pounds of silver each if she would somehow deliver Samson into their hands. And she agreed. So begins this process three different times that we did not read about, where basically the same thing happens. She says to Samson, what is the source of your strength? And he will tell her something. And then when she tries that and he falls asleep, then she calls in the Philistines and say, Samson, the Philistines are here, and he breaks free. That same sequence happens three times in succession. First, when he says fresh bowstrings will take away his strength. Secondly, when he says new ropes will do the trick. And thirdly, when he says somehow if his hair is tied in a loom, that that will do away with his strength. What we're not told is why Samson didn't catch on, that there was something wrong in this relationship. That's a mystery that is left unanswered for us in Scripture, and maybe... This scene is the source of that expression we know of love is blind. Whatever the origin of that, those words, though, what we have in this moment is when Delilah is persistent. And so, 
in the passage that we read, she comes back to him a fourth time and says, how can you say that you love me when you have taunted me each of these three times? Tell me the source of your strength. And this time, Samson is worn out. And he tells her that it is somehow connected to his hair. And when he falls asleep this time, she has someone come in and shave his head. And when the Philistines arrive, not only can he not break free, but they gouge out his eyes and then take him to prison where he is left to grind grain. The story of Christine East and Samson could not be any more different. And yet, I'd like for us to ponder that biblical scene for its answer to the question that was continually posed to Samson long ago. For what is the source of our strength? What is it that enables us to get through those really hard times of life. What did that woman from the 20th century know that Samson did not? And most importantly of all, how might we appropriate that same strength too? Well, the answer to that question is really found in our narrative. For on that fourth day, after Samson finally gives in, and tells her what he understands to be the truth. He says this, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, then my strength would leave me. I would become weak and be like anyone else. Now Delilah heard those words in the ways that I think most of us have interpreted them. Namely, that there was some kind of power, some kind of strength that Samson gained from his long hair. And on one hand, the narrative would support that view, for when the hair is cut, he becomes helpless and is unable to break free from his captors. And yet I would argue the same verses tell us something more that is the source of strength for Samson and for us that has nothing to do with the last time we have been to a barber. I would suggest that the real source that Samson had that he lost becomes clear when we learn more about that group called the Nazarites. It was a sect within Judaism of women and men, mostly people who lived in what we would call the Old Testament era. Included in it were promises, vows they made, sometimes for a lifetime, sometimes just for a particular moment. And among those vows were to refrain from eating unclean food, to refrain from drinking alcohol, and to refrain from cutting one's hair. We have seen in this sermon series how Samson's mother made those vows to an angel before Samson was even born. And yet, 
for him to speak those words to Delilah suggests that he has claimed that same lifestyle for himself. What we have seen throughout this journey, though, is that Samson didn't seem to take any of those vows very seriously and had broken one after another in quick succession. The Bible doesn't tell us that the strength came from the hair itself. For if it did, one could assume that there would have been other people in the biblical era who had that same kind of physical prowess that Samson had. And there's no account of anyone like that. Instead, what I think the Bible is trying to tell us is that the real strength that Samson had came from his commitment to God. When the hair is cut, our narrator does said that when Samson woke up, he did not know that the Lord had left him. And I reject that editorial comment. For God never leaves us. But clearly Samson, in showing that this vow really meant nothing to him, was choosing to leave God. The problem was he had broken this vow, his commitment to God, and the source of his strength was right there before him until it was almost too late for him to claim it himself. The story reminds me of another true account. It comes from best-selling author Robert Fulgham, who in one of his books tells of an encounter he had with a young American woman years ago in the Hong Kong airport. He noticed that she was waiting for her plane, as was he, and she was terribly upset. And so in the book, one of the chapters is this kind of open letter that he writes to her, and he picks it up after he's asked her, what's wrong? I imagine some lost love or sorrow of giving up adventure for college classes, he recalled. But when you began to sob, you drew me into your sadness. Guess you had been very alone and very brave for some time. A good cry was in order. Indeed, you were not quite ready to go home. You wanted to go further on, but you had run out of money. And your friends had run out of money. And so here you were, having spent two days waiting in the airport standby with little to eat and too much pride to beg. And your plane was about to go and you had lost your ticket. You cried all over me again. You had been sitting in this one spot for three hours, sinking into the cold sea of despair. After we dried you off, he said, I and a nice older couple from Chicago, who were also swept away in the tide of your tears, offered to take you to lunch and to talk to the powers that be at the airlines about some remedy. You stood up to go with us, turned around to pick up your belongings, and screamed. It was your ticket. You found your ticket. You had been sitting on it for three hours. Like a sinner saved from the very jaws of hell, you laughed and cried and hugged us all and were suddenly gone, off to catch a plane for home and what next, leaving most of the passenger lounge deliriously limp 
from being part of your drama. I've told that story countless times, Fulgham continues. She was sitting on her own ticket, I conclude, and the listeners always laugh in painful self-recognition. Often, he said, when I've been sitting on my own ticket in some way, sitting on whatever it is I have that will get me up and on to what comes next, I think of you and grin at both of us and get moving. So thanks. You have become, in a special way, my travel agent. May you find all your tickets and arrive wherever it is you want to go, now and always. Samson had been sitting on the truth of his strength all of those years. And it wasn't his hair and certainly wasn't his bright mind. It wasn't his role as a judge or his military acumen. No, Samson's strength was to be found alone in God. And it was only when his hair was cut that he began to understand that truth. For at the end of our account, the narrative, the writer says this. But then his hair began to grow after his head had been shaved. That writer was talking about more than hair follicles. He was talking about faith, a faith that had begun to take hold in Samson finally and give him the strength to move forward. You and I don't have to wait until we find ourselves in our lowest moment. We don't have to wait until our health or youth has somehow faded we don't have to think somehow that it all depends upon our possessions, upon our home, on our pension, or our investment portfolio. No, we too can affirm and claim for us that our strength, our ultimate strength, comes from God. And that while there are other people and other things in life that can add to that sense of self-assurance, that they all fall second in their ability to give us what we need from the one who has given us life. Or as another believer put it, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God that that gift is secure 
no matter the length of our hair. Let us pray. We remain humbled and grateful, O oh God, for the strength that you give us in every moment of life. Help us to claim it once more that secure in your power we might move forward in the coming days with confidence knowing that you go with us. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.